Welcome to Gutter Trash, episode 367, Pencilhead by Ted McKeever. My name is Eric. And I'm Jason. Hello, Jason. What's up, man? Uh, not a whole lot of anything. Yeah. 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 I have some Taco Bell in my belly. Yeah, so you're gassier than normal. <clears throat> yeah, I'm uncomfortable and weird. <laughs> I do feel a little strange, like... It feels like there's this, like, filmy substance unraveling itself inside my chest and just creeping <laughs> through my body. It could be the mixture of sour cream and fire sauce. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm no fan of sour cream at all, so, you know. Well, it's probably not real sour cream. Most likely, but real or fake, I'm not a fan right. of it. I, I like sour cream. Yeah. A little goes a long way, but I like it. Well, uh, the other day I had uh, Wendy's for the first time in months, and felt like it was ripping me apart from the inside. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Ugh. So, That's you know, fast food, it's not good for you. Turns out. Huh. <laughs> well, we learned something today. <laughs> but it's kind of tasty. It is sometimes. Sometimes. sometimes yeah. yeah. Or you think it's going to be because they advertise it so well. You're like, oh, yeah, it's tasty. <laughs> like, they do a great job of advertising it as tasty. Yeah, yeah, they do. Because even if you eat it consistently and, you know, obviously know it's not tasty, you go back because the advertising looks so tasty. Right. Like, well, surely this time it'll look like and taste like they describe. <laughs> and sometimes it is. Sometimes. Rare, rarely. Rarely, yeah. Actually, I had three items from the Taco Bell tonight. The first one I ate was pretty good. Okay. The second one I ate was, like, disappointing, and the third one I ate was disgusting. So, diminishing returns. Yes. Should have stopped at one. I know. I should have got two of the same first item Yeah. and just only had that. Yeah. That would have been good next time, next year. Well, that's kind of the thing with Taco Bell is that it's so cheap that you, you always feel like you want to get a variety yeah, of what they have. Right. Yeah, right. You know, I actually started... Even though everything is all the same ingredients. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> yeah. It's all like, well, I'll take the thing that has the burrito with the beans and the rice in it, and then I'll take also the rice that has beans around it inside of a burrito. Those two things are great together. <laughs> but I almost got two of the cheesy bean and rice burrito. Mm-hmm. Which I should have, because that was the tasty thing. Sure, but I ended also up, the cheapest one and the cheapest one. Yeah, yeah. ironically, <laughs> the more expensive it gets, there the worse it tastes. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because the expensive items don't sell as fast, so they linger. Maybe well, it's all the same ingredients. Huh? It's all the same ingredients, and they they generally don't. They're not a McDonald's situation where they're just throwing burgers under a red lamp. Right. Yeah. They, they usually do make them. To order. It's true. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. We never will. No. It's one of those mysteries. Yes. It's like the Aurora Borealis and magnets. (laughs) Nobody knows how any of that shit works. (laughs) I love a good ICP joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're awesome. Yeah. I guess. Are they still around? Are they... I guess. I mean, they have that uh, festival thing every year, right? The, the, the gathering ju- of the, the jugglers. Yeah. Huh. 
I didn't know they had a festival. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. They are legion. People like to get together and drink beers and have barbecues. Sure. Why not not do it while listening to ICP, I guess? I I guess. I don't think, uh, even if I weren't an ICP fan, that I could ever get into that uh, (laughs) headspace. Even if you were. I I saw your... Uh, Hatchet Man tramp stamp when you fell asleep at my house the other night. <laughs> uh, I tried to hide it. <laughs> so if I picked the ICP Chaos Comics <laughs> as a review for the show, would that get a veto? No. <laughs> I've never read one, so... Neither have I. <clears throat> it may be the first comic that neither of us read. <laughs> we just both like sit here and stare at each other for the review. <laughs> Waiting for the other one to review it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least we'd have a great single compact discs to listen to, because each one was bagged with a disc. That's right. That's amazing. Uh, do you still have any at Mavericks? No, they... I, like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> they sell very well. If we ever find one, like, in a collection... Oh, but I do believe it. We put them out for, like, $8, and they are gone in days. Just I... 1,000% believe that. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They're a legion. Yep. They have a barbecue. We went over this. They, they keep Fago in business. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody has to. <laughs> they might as well be a clown with a drug problem. Yep. <laughs> and secretly Christian. Are they? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> man yeah pencil head pencil head um so yeah so yeah so i almost vetoed this simply because you had recently read it right? yeah yeah which i did not know when i picked it yeah. even though again i'm fairly certain that i talked about it at length with you on the show i don't remember anything it's fine yeah <clears throat> but uh so 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 rather than waste a veto I I reread this <laughs> and uh spoiler I still enjoyed it. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> See, I was actually expecting you to say you did not enjoy this. Really? Partially because of the the vibe I got when you you know you were saying you didn't want to you were trying to like get me to pick something else sort of. Right. Partially because of that but partially just because of some of the elements of the book. Mm-hmm. Such so, as? Well, I know <laughs> I know some things that you don't like in comics. One of them is when they refer to it being a comic. Because like, a couple times in this book he says something about, it happened a couple pages ago, or the the writer of this book. And, like, you know, I've, I know I've heard you in the past say, like, you're not a fan of that sort of thing. Yeah. I guess, you know, every case has has an exception, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I forgive Ted McKeever for a lot. Sure. Uh, But also, it's a book, I think, that uh, from the jump, like, lets you know that it's going to be self-referential. The very first page is a... Him drawing this comic. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, it's... it's At least it doesn't blindside you. Right, yeah. So so it's it's essentially the premise, so I, I'm okay with it mm-hmm. in that situation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't bother me as much. Like, I don't... 
I don't love it when books do that, but it doesn't really bother me. Um, like, it bothers me if it's, like, if it was just a normal story, you know, that, that was telling its narrative, yeah. and then there's a panel where he's, like, looking at you and, like, speaking directly to you. You know, that's when it bothers me. See, I don't mind that at all. Like, <clears throat> the, the breaking the fourth wall thing, like, talking to the, yeah. I didn't, like, Parker Lewis style. It doesn't bother me. I, I don't it like doesn't it. bother me when Parker Lewis does it because that is also still the premise of it. Plus, that guy just can't lose. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but this, but this book does weird stuff like that, where it talks to the reader and represent ref, references that it is a comic book. Yeah. Um, it refers to lots of other comics and lots of comic creators. Well, it's a comic about a comic. I, yeah, a comic book creator. I like. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and I liked this. Yes. Um, uh, I had a point I was going to make, and it's just gone now. Oh. Um, about things you don't like in the... No, uh, it was about Tim McKeever. Uh you, you said something about uh, that, that weird things happen. It's a Tim McKeever comic. Yeah, weird things do happen. Yeah. yeah. It's just a given. Yeah. <laughs> And I love him for that. Uh-huh. He, he, like, I seriously have been reading his comics for the majority of my life. Right. I'm four years old and I was at least 13 because I remember in my ninth grade English class, my English teacher told us that, you know, we were actually doing well. We, like, our class was doing well and we were not, you know, urinating or setting things on fire or sure. like fornicating openly right so <clears throat> on that friday of that week we were allowed to bring in anything we wanted to read and read it for the entire class and we didn't have to do any work as long as we brought something in to read of our choice right so i brought in all five issues of plastic forks by ted McKeever, and i sat there and i read them and my i remember she came over and she's like what are you reading are, this, are these comics and i was like well yeah and then like i showed them to her and I was like, but it's, you know, it's not a superhero book. It's like, you know, it's, it's about like vivisection and like animal rights and like human morals. And, and she was like, that's really interesting. And she like seemed like pleased. Yeah. And, uh, but she was also the coolest teacher because she had us read like Kurt Vonnegut books and things like that. But, um, but yeah, I remember, I remember that might have been the first thing I ever read by him. So I was like 13 or something, but I have been a super fan. Uh, of his work ever since. I came to his work late. Um, But like, even as a teenage superhero fan, like, I'd say from your average fan, the gut reaction of seeing Ted McKeever's work is like, that's just kind of weird and gross, and I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> right, sure. <clears throat> Especially if you see him, like, do Batman or something. Right. Like, or Wonder Woman, and yeah. you're, like, not expecting that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, so I, I didn't read any of his work until later, but, like, even when I first started just collecting comics and buying comics and reading comics, like, I remember getting, like, catalogs from, like, you know, mail-order companies and seeing artwork for, like, Metropole. Oh, yeah. And, and Transit, like, in those. And his, like, kind of industrial punk rock kind of yeah. sci-fi, psychedelia. 
And yeah, yeah, it's just so strange, weird, and inky, and and, and you can you can like chunky. So most comics you can see, <laughs> his comics you can smell and you can taste. Yeah, I yeah. mean they just have like a gross, like crazy, uh, like I don't know aura or vibe or like yeah, yeah. funk to them, like. Like especially like as a nine or ten year old like seeing his artwork for oh, the yeah. first time, it was just it made me feel weird. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, <clears throat> but I like agree. like I distinctly remember like getting a catalog and seeing like ads for like you know his books and like martial law, and and just being so intrigued by both of them. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and what a know, great couple of yeah, right, artists, yeah. yeah, and. And just like yeah, feeling like weird and icky, like looking at the artwork. For icky, them. icky is a good word. Yeah. yeah, in the most positive way, though. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, but you look at it and you're like, oh, that's icky, right? And, and then you know, later in life, you know, like you know, obviously, I love martial law, and then you know, I found you know Ted McKeever, and like I read like some of his Batman stuff that he did, like his oh, yeah. uh, Legends uh, of the Dark Knight, Legends of the Dark Knight, and Nosferatu. Yeah, and then like he would just do like weird fill-ins here and there like like where you never expected to see it <laughs> right. and and i always like again like your average superhero fan would probably look at it as like well, this is the worst thing ever and i looked at it and it was like this is so weird oh, and, yeah. and intriguing and i loved it yeah if, so if you're not familiar with ted mckeever's work and you haven't already googled it while you're listening his art reminds me of like a cross between mike peters that does mother goose and grim <laughs> And, <laughs> and like Hieronymus Bosch. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of what I get from it. It's like got all the cartoony fun craziness and like line work of like a good comic strip, but then it has like this dark insanity and this texture to it too. Yeah. It's like sometimes also I would say it's like if Mike Mignola like just smashed his brush down on the paper yeah. instead of like drawing lines. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very Mignolish. Like, and, and especially in the eighties when um, I first saw McKeever do superhero stuff, it's back when Mignola was doing like Cosmic Odyssey or whatever. Right. And th- yeah, their stuff was very both like it, you would stop for a second when you saw it. You're yeah. like, that's weird. Like, that's it, the weirdest looking superhero. It's it's kind of weird that we we've brought up Mignola here because like he's another one like as a kid. Like when I first saw his artwork, I like I, I just didn't like it, and I, I couldn't I wrap my horrible. head around it. it was I thought awful. I thought Magnolia was terrible yeah. when I first saw him. Yep, but I yep. just didn't get it. I mean, like looking back on it though, the stuff I saw is probably my least favorite Magnolia art. Sure, because it was like Cosmic Odyssey and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, and like some of like even some of his like classic X Men covers or Alpha Flight covers or whatever. Yeah, you can tell like you know he he got a job and he was totally stoked to be drawing comics, but it wasn't like he had. He he hadn't gotten to do what was appropriate for him to do. Right. Like drawing the Alpha Flight, not really a Magnolia thing. Not particularly. It yeah, needs to be yeah. darker and gloomier and gothier and yeah. you know, then like that he you know, he found his home. Right. But you know, I mean and also, you know, he was younger and still finding his style. Yeah. Uh and and uh But but it is so when you're used to John Byrne or Neil Adams <laughs> <clears throat> the other a little different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is off-putting to say the least. Um, and so yeah, so so 
you know, but but being now a Ted McKeever fan for sure, you know, even though there's still a ton of his stuff I haven't read. There's there's a few things I haven't read by him, right. um, because a couple of them just went under my radar, like the year I didn't work at Mavericks. I think right. one of his series came out. Um, it was either it's either Mondo or Superannuated Man. I yeah. one one of those I haven't read. Actually, I don't think I've read either of those. Yeah. I think I think I've read Miniature Jesus and metaphor but yeah a couple of his books from the last 10 years i have not checked out yet yeah which is weird because i i absolutely love his stuff yeah i've been i've been buying well i i was buying all of his image books that were coming out metaphor they're, they're like magazine size though a lot yeah, of them most, most of them yeah yeah some of them i was like kind of waiting until the trade came out because right. i was like i don't know i don't want these magazines for some reason uh, they're a bit of a pain in the ass to store i don't know why though i i I have some magazine boxes with magazine comics and all. Right. So you, sh- you have all sorts of weird shaped comics. I do, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. I need I need to read those other books by yeah. him because he is he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and you know I've read you know some of his his superhero stuff that he does here and there and whatever. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think at the last uh, weird giant like. 50 cent sale that we went to i found a bunch of his uh engine head book from oh, DC. Yeah. yeah i've never read engine head either yeah. and i found like a bunch of his vertigo stuff that he did like toxic gumbo oh, and yeah. junk culture yeah he's done some stuff with lydia lunch and yeah peter milligan yeah and... uh, yeah the extremists no oh, that was great yeah yeah spoiler future pick maybe <laughs> uh yeah the extremist is one of my favorites it's so bizarre and yeah. like dirty and weird yeah. it's good peter milligan too it's good peter milligan yeah. yeah uh and so um but yeah just just uh so this book came out you know like at a time when i was regularly just buying everything that he came out with and i think i mentioned last week you know mavericks has the the three Library editions of oh, yeah. uh, Transit, Metropole, and uh, Eddie Current, and uh, at least there once a week when I go in there, like like I consider buying, them. right? Yeah, and, and I want to, I just, <clears throat> you know, can't afford it, even though I know I can, because I'll I'll fucking go to Ollie's and waste twenty bucks on you know five hundred page Shazam comics. <laughs> It's just not a priority. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And also, like, there is a, a small amount of confidence that I have in the Mavericks customer that they will always be there. Yeah, those books have been there for years. Like, I ordered one of each. Like, I already have. I've got the single issues of all that stuff. Right. Um, and, but I uh, ordered one of each because I was like, these just need to be in our store. Somebody, you know, somebody's going to want these. But those, those, they've been there for a long time. Yeah. But our, our, somebody does want them. Yeah, it's me. Yes. <laughs> I've actually even thought about like especially Eddie Current, that's my favorite of those three. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about buying that for before just to have like a nice bookshelf version of it. Yeah. Because I've I've got the single issues, but um some there's something nice about a nice like compact book. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna make it a vow within the next couple of months I'm gonna buy those three books. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I respect that. Uh because Tim McKeever no longer makes comics. That's what I've heard. Yeah, is is he doing like paintings or? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and he doesn't explicitly say so 
in this book, but it's his last comic mm-hmm. that he made. Uh, and when I read it initially, like, I was so confounded by the ending of it that, like, I went online to, like, just, because, like, I think I read it, like, a year after it actually came out. Okay. Or whatever, you know, and so I went online to just see, like, you know, what he said about it. If he said anything about it, what he said about it, and he basically said that, yeah, this is the last thing that he's he's worked on. (laughs) Uh, and that, that he's given up comics and, and knowing that and now rereading this, like, that comes through a lot in this story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he's had some frustrations over the yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, dissatisfaction? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're an artist like him, it, it's like people either get it and they let you do your thing. Right. Or they, do something and it and it kind of fucks up your flow because he's got such a unique perspective and voice that you know someone else inking his book ruins it someone else editing his book or doing whatever that's not when he's not the full voice unless he's like teamed up with someone who's you know like when he worked with peter milligan that that really worked well but um yeah sometimes whenever he works with anyone else it just doesn't come across as a as an honest Ted McKeever publication. Right. So I get that he, he kinda needs to do the whole thing and, and those are usually I mean ninety nine percent of my favorite comics are books by people who did every fucking thing. Right. You know. So that doesn't surprise me that I like him as much as I do. Right. And and I mean, you know, for me like I've always you know well, not always, but you know, like, like, I am definitely attracted to when weirdos do mainstream stuff. Yeah, it's great, you know. And, and so, like, I always appreciated like seeing him, like, you know, in the later years, like, you know, like doing a weird issue of Spider-Man. Right. Oh yeah. Didn't he work with Giffen or something? Uh, <clears throat> he did. I know he did uh, an Ultimate Spider-Man team up. Yeah, Doctor Strange. And he did a Tangled Web. Too. He did a Tangled yeah. Web. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe maybe it wasn't Giffen. I think he, maybe he just did that one on his own. Okay, I can't remember. But yeah, like like I bought those and oh yeah, uh, you know. But but again, like I always appreciate more when they are doing their own thing. Oh yeah, and and uh, so so this comic is sort of depressing. A little bit. I mean, it's it's, it's still fun. It's, it's pretty funny fun. and it's weird as shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but like when you read the whole thing and and you know that he's basically retired from comics, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's a little uh, disheartening. I mean, a little bit. It. I never felt like bummed out really, and it, I mean, it's it's a bummer that there's no more of his comics on the horizon, but. But I, I don't know. You never know. When people say that, you never know. Yeah. He might do a book next next year. Who Could knows? be, hopefully. But I would buy it. <laughs> me too. But th- this reminds me a lot of underground comics, like especially 60s and 70s underground comics. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the whole feel of it, like the like the guy like just raging on the page, but like doing weird cartoony stuff that's like... You know, like non sequitur, or like a story starts building, and all of a sudden it just like he's like, ah, I'm done with that, and like, right, yeah. like you can tell he's just like, kind of, he's kind of having fun here. Like it's a little more, 
um, cartoony than anything he's done in the last decade. Right. Like, he's done some really, like, render-heavy, more more serious, more realistic-looking figures in, in his books in the last ten years. Right. Um, whereas, when he first started out, like, Transit, the first issue looks like it's drawn by Keith Given. Right. And, like, super cartoony. And, and he's always been cartoony, but I feel like his style has evolved or um, at least mutated over the years to be more more realistic based. I think part of that might be him just saying, well, you know, that's what sells. You know, maybe. maybe. I don't know. I, yeah. I never get the feeling that he's looking for what sells, but you never know. Maybe right. maybe he is. But this one is is definitely, obviously, way more cartoony than, like, the last four series I've oh, seen him do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it looks awesome. Like, I love his cartoony stuff. Like, yeah, like this... This and like Metropole and Eddie Kern and Eclipso and like all that stuff. Um, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. So, so this is mostly the story of a fictionalized version of himself. Yeah. And his struggles through the comic industry. Uh, but then also, you know, it's the story of uh, weird shit that happens and storylines that go nowhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And and he makes fun of that fact in there. He's oh like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, hey, just so you know, sometimes the author has storylines that just don't go anywhere. They just kind of end and yep. just deal with it. Uh, in fact, I, the very last issue, uh, you know, like pretty much says like right on the first page that uh, he just basically changed his mind with what he was going to do and he just cranked something out different instead right yeah <laughs> i know i and i gotta say like i like i have no problems with this series but i do think when i read the first issue i was i was excited that it was like kind of weird and funny and cartoony <clears throat> but it also had like this this uh like storyline with like monsters and stuff right and and like they come into play later yeah but not really i mean yeah, not no. not like i was expecting i thought it was going to be but see i mean this is this is like saying you don't you don't get what you expect from a ted mckeever comic <laughs> is, is like it just warrants a slap in the face because yeah, yeah. You're, like his his stuff is so unexpected but but i felt like it was building something that you know i, I was hoping would would go kind of in a direction I, right. I was feeling that was going in and i get that for sure you know because uh, yeah he does sort of build up these creatures that that you know kind of show up and then uh you know they basically just kind of go nowhere yeah. and then at the end he just sort of was like oh yeah here's these creatures yeah here they are yeah and and each each of them kind of was like a like a version of his personality or yeah, his inner yeah. demons like Two of them were kind of negative, and one of them was like his burning desire to do artwork. Yeah, and, it, and like I respected that. Like one of them was like his self criticism, and one was his—I forget what the other one was. Like his his, like his creative drive. Yeah, and, yeah. and then the other one was like his like uh, lethargy or something. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. but like each one was like some part of him, and you know they affected his creative output. Yeah, <clears throat> but but like they didn't end up like. There was no big resolution with them or anything. It was just nope. like, oh, here they are. Yep. You basically just get, you know, uh, a Marvel Universe style, you know, recap of <laughs> what they are. And and there's a there's like him and a, his friend who's I think an editor accidentally kill a stripper in the first issue. Yeah. And uh, 
And, and it was like a police investigation. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man, where's this going? What's right. this going to represent? And then, like, in the third issue, um, the Ted McKeever character, Poodwaddle, just mentioned something. He's like, hey, d- does it seem like they dropped that investigation? The guy's like, oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. And they just keep walking. And I think that was, like, the last time you hear anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> Which was pretty funny. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because he had clearly just decided to move on. Like, do you get the sense that maybe he was writing this as he, like, he was drawing it? page by page as he was writing it oh i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. i kind of get that feeling. like like uh, he probably had notes for like you know like yeah. the first issue or two and then just got bored with it because yeah it does say a five issue series on number one so yeah. he, he at least knew by the time number one came out that it was five issues right right uh but but for me with this thing the uh the best part of it being being a nerd and being uh you know invested in, in comic book culture and history is uh uh the the poodwaddle character uh dealing with uh other comic creators and editors <laughs> as he is struggling to to be himself uh in the comic book industry shall we say thinly disguised very uh, thinly disguised yeah. <laughs> yes they all look exactly like those people uh-huh and their names rhyme with their real names pretty much yeah like, there's one or two where I didn't know or couldn't figure out. Uh, in fact, there was one, like, the entire time uh, that I read it uh, previously. Like, I was like, who is that supposed to be? And then reading this again, like, I was, like, trying to figure out if there were, like, clues to who he was. And then literally the other day I was driving in my car and I wasn't even thinking about this book, and then suddenly it was like, oh, it was that guy. <laughs> Your subconscious has been working on it for a year. Yeah. And it figured it out. <laughs> Which guy was it? Uh, his uh, editor friend that uh, he kills the stripper. Okay. Uh, Luthias or something, I think that's his name in the book. Uh, it's Lou Stathis, who was an editor at uh, DC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the biggest one, <laughs> the most memorable and relatable to this show, is crank filler is that his name crank filler oh <laughs> uh, he was great yep yeah i i actually would love to see ted mckeever come out of retirement and just do a crank filler miniseries <laughs> a graphic uh, novel so maybe that's what he's working on yeah i hope it is oh that'd be great <laughs> So Frank Miller yes. is who he was parodying here, yeah. obviously, with Crank Filler. Which leads me to believe They're not pals. They're not pals. <laughs> and that Frank Miller has always been fucking insane. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the the Crank Filler stories start like way back into the eighties. Yeah. And uh yeah, he's pretty weird in this book. Uh huh. Yeah. And yeah. I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was hilarious. Yeah, the the crank filler stuff was great. It was pretty amazing. Uh, the the one person who I still have not figured out who was supposed to be, uh, is uh, during the the crank filler scene, the female cartoonist that they just meet up with. I have no idea. Uh, I can't remember her name. Her but name I, in the book is Marconi. Marconi. And I'm trying to think, like, you know, female cartoonists from, like, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, because right. that's where I feel like that would have taken place. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't Innocenti. No, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Either oh. way. Yeah. Either, Either way. way. I'm yeah. sure a lot of, I mean, a lot of, a lot of things like that are like, you know, just people he included as in jokes or whatever, but. Right. But the crank filler one is just, it, it was, is, it was definitely the best. It was yeah. good. Uh, but yeah, like if, if you know anything about like, you know, editors from, from, you know, Marvel and DC, you know, in the past, you, you'll be able to figure out like who oh my gosh. everyone is supposed to be. I, and the way he draws editors is amazing. <laughs> like they're all so over the top cartoony, like disgusting, just farting and yeah, like slimy, yeah. like pukey, weird, <laughs> pustule people. Yep. It's amazing. He, yeah. he clearly, is not a fan. Of, well, I think there was one editor that he he liked. The, there's a couple who were his friends yeah. and, and that he respected, and they're they're drawn normally. Yeah, right. Uh, but then, like, there's a couple who you know basically are just loud and overbearing, and they look like uh, like the the Baron from Dune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, that guy's gross. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Uh. That said, this comic is really ultimately just about nothing. Yeah, it's just about <laughs> the way he feels about the comics industry and, right, and right. his work over the past several decades. Right. Because he's been working pretty steadily for 30, 35 years, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Until now. Yep. Uh, the, the, uh, the final issue uh, has a couple scenes uh, where he, he meets Jack Kirby. Yeah. Which are pretty... That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, if you look at Ted McKeever's art, like, Jack Kirby is not the first thing that comes to mind. No. At all. But, if but, you start thinking about it, it makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Just because of, like, just his blockiness, his weirdness. Right. And also, the fact that, for the most part, he just always tried to do his own thing. Yeah. And, and like Jack Kirby created most of the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. and when he went to DC, created a huge chunk of the DC universe that that you know has been used for the last forty some years. Oh, yeah. Uh, like 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 he didn't. Just go to DC to like work on the Flash or or Batman. Right. Like he wanted to do his own thing. Yeah, and I feel like that is the spirit of Jack Kirby that people should walk away yeah. from. With. Oh yeah, and, and not a lot of people do. But Ted McKeever, for most of his career, has just done his own thing. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, like like two three issues of a Batman comic that he did. Like you know pale in comparison to the rest of his output oh, yeah. which is all mostly creator owned yeah. you know and so distinct yes yeah yeah you can never not recognize that yeah. type of comic. Right. unless there is one like there's two issues of eclipso that he did and one of them that was inked by him yeah and one that was inked by somebody else and i remember when i first saw it i was like that looks like ted McGaver, but i don't think it is i so when I read Pencilhead, like, and then, you know, finding out that he basically retired, like, it's, 
you know, like me on my Jack Kirby and Darwin Cook kicks, like, it's now like, oh, well, I want to get as many books by Ted McKeever as possible. And I've been looking for those Eclipso comics. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, like, I know that I have them on my little wish list thing, but, right. but like, I can never remember... To actually look for them, yeah. Uh, but like, I see them in dollar boxes a lot. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're definitely like, I definitely want to get them because I cannot imagine what Ted McKeever looks like inked by anybody else. Oh, Ted it, McKeever. It it just like it like the lines are are just like kind of boring and thin, yeah. and it just it kind of looks like someone was trying to draw like Ted McKeever, but then. They, it wasn't as weird because, like, you know, obviously when the guy was inking, like, an ear, he'd be like, well, I see the lines that he made that are supposed to represent this ear, but I think it should actually look more like this. Right, yeah. Like, more straight up and down instead of, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like it sort of looks like Ted McKeever, but it looks like somebody who likes Ted McKeever that has no reference in front of them <laughs> trying to draw a Ted McKeever art. Okay. That's right. what it looks like. So... Like, actually, I had both of those issues. I bought them the day they came out, and I got rid of the one that's not inked by him because, like, every time I look at it, I'm like, I just don't really like the way it looks. But the other one, still have it in my boxes. It's beautiful. Nice. Great uh, covers, too. Man, he he does great covers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think I remember his, uh, his Legends of the Dark Knight two-parter that he did. Uh, I think that was called Engines? Or... I forget the, like one of them is like Batman. And it's like, like an all white, white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's engines, but that because there's like maybe it is engines because engine head was the other book, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think that's right. I think it is engines. Huh. But yeah, like I just think I remember those coming out and then just them popping off the shelf. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, wow, yeah. so weird. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Pencilhead, it's good. It's, yeah, it's really good. And it's black yep. and, super black and white. Yep. yep. Cartoony. Yep. All done by this one dude. Yep. And, uh, holds up on a second read. Yep. Yep. I'll definitely read it again. Yep. It's beautiful. I actually kind of want to, uh, own a page of original art from this book. Yeah. I, I like it's. Do you want a crank filler page? <laughs> <laughs> I actually love, the first issue is my favorite. I love, like, like, even this first page of just him inking or the monster creeping in the window, you know? Like, right. I'd love to buy one of those pages and hang it up on my wall. But, yeah, it's, he's great. He's yeah. so good. And, and, and it, it, yeah, if you go into the, reading this book, it's not like a very... It's not like you're reading the comic book history of comics. Like, it's in that vibe as far as, like, it's about the industry and about the working in the industry, but it's not like a linear tell-all depiction of, of it's not a chronological tell-all no, it, it's yeah. just like it's about his career yeah in particular and it's also kind of gossipy it's a little gossipy yeah but uh <laughs> but he changes the names i mean you can't figure out who any of those people are <laughs> <laughs> i mean who's dill train or whatever who's that <laughs> i have no idea oh uh, so I forget who Gil Kane was in this, but it was it something was like, like that. Like, yeah, Dill Crane or something yeah. like that, yeah. Um, whose, whose story in, in this book is that he apparently, 
used to go into the Marvel Comics <laughs> offices and steal original art. I know. And whenever I first saw that, I was like, well, good for him. He's, like, liberating it, and he's probably giving it back to Kirby and Ditko and those guys. But it, no. it, it turns out, no. No. He was just in there stealing it. Yep. Uh, and, and apparently, so, I know that when I first read this, like, I looked it up, and, and I did it again, like, on the, on the reread. Apparently, that is a very true story. Oh, wow, really? And that he, he did do that. Gil Kane did? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, in fact, uh, I was on Twitter the other day, and, uh, uh, Phil Hester, the cartoonist, uh, he, he buys a lot of original art. And shows it off occasionally on his Twitter feed or whatever. And he posted something about finding, like, the perfect Jack Kirby page that he wants to own. Uh, but it's like $130,000 to buy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, someone responded, was it a Jack Kirby page or a Gil Kane page? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I would not have gotten that joke. Had you not had I not read yeah, this here. That's great. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of stuff like that. If you're if you're into comics enough to know like the creators of, of books, um there's a lot of like funny, like weird, creepy, uh disturbing <laughs> in jokes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean it's not like the majority of the series, it's just that's peppered throughout. Yeah. yeah. It's more just about um Poodwaddle, which is Ted McKeever coming to terms with yeah. what he thinks about the comic industry and whether he needs to stay in it or not. Right. And uh, so why do you think he called himself Poodwaddle when everybody else has like just basically a spoonerism of their name? I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe that was his like his his girlfriend's nickname for him. Or something. <laughs> I, I re- you know I do regret that like a year or maybe two years ago uh, I remember seeing. Ted McKeever's name as a guest at the Motor City Con, mm-hmm. and I did not go. Like, I was the only reason I was going to go was to meet him, but I was like, ah, I just couldn't, like, get it together to go for whatever reason. Yeah. And uh, that was, like, the only time I've ever seen him listed at a convention within driving distance for me. Yeah. And uh, I kind of regret that I did not meet the man. But if he, you know, does an art exhibit and yeah. he uh, is at the opening, I will try to go because I love his artwork and I think he is. A unique and fantastic voice in the world of artwork. I agree, and if that happens and you don't tell me about it, I will be very angry about it with you. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's he's definitely somebody that I would like to at least... I probably wouldn't want to talk to him, but I'd like to meet him just once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'd love to talk to him. I imagine he'd just be very angry with me. <laughs> <laughs> like he'd be angry that I'm around. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He, he, I mean, he does seem like he's got some anger or frustration, but it seems like he knows how to deal with it. Like, he, he deals with it in a way that you can tell he, he's laughing at himself a little bit, right. which is good. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, there is a very sort of self-deprecating, I mean, not a little, I mean, this whole thing is self-deprecating, you know. Right. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it, it's one of those things that, Makes me feel slightly okay to know that, I mean, you know, I think he's great. Like, you know, I love his work, uh, but, like, he thinks he's horrible. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, not very good at what he does. But at the same time, he's got that sort of 
thing that I feel art all artists have, which is, you know, I hate what I'm doing, I'm not very good at it, but also, I'm the fucking best, why aren't people paying more attention to me? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, like don't, don't tell me how what I'm doing wrong. Right. I know that I'm doing everything wrong, but don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. Exactly, here. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that's why whenever I find an artist who thinks that... Uh, who thinks that they're the best, but, like, never questions it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. Yeah. But also, like... Alex Ross. <laughs> Alex Ross. You mean Daleks Toss? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i yeah I, I don't know yeah i mean you gotta have a little confidence in yourself to, sure. to achieve anything as an artist but at the same time uh overconfidence is very off-putting oh yeah, yeah. but ted mckeever uh doesn't doesn't seem to have those off-putting traits no he's i hope he just doesn't solinger himself up on a mountain though and never put out anything into the public eye anymore yeah i haven't actually checked his website since uh, my first reading of this but i know he was talking about like just making art that's cool yeah so you know uh, hopefully he has done some stuff yeah, as long as he can afford to do that i'd i'd say go for it man yeah more power to him uh and you know at the same time i, I hope he makes another comic someday or at least at least an art book yeah like that'd be great that'd be awesome too yeah. sure I, i'll buy an art book i've i've done so today you'll wait till uh his art books for six dollars at ollie's but, yep sure but, but yeah <laughs> but you'll buy it <laughs> Or, or if Mavericks gets in a damaged copy. Hey, and there we go. Find out that, uh, you don't get it for half price. Yeah, they, yeah. they want us to destroy it. <laughs> we always do, Diamond. We always do. Yep. Alright. Take a break? Yeah. Okay.
gotta try. Yo, we're back. <laughs> Fucking a man. Yeah. Oh, so I was trying to think. I was trying to think of what I read recently. I just remembered. Um, so yesterday I did something I've never done ever in the history of my being a reader of comics. You tore up a comic. No, I've done that. Oh, okay. Plenty of times. Right. Uh, uh, sometimes on accident, sometimes on purpose. Sure. Yeah. But no, yesterday was different. Okay. Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. It's, uh, it, 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 it's, it's a retro kind of thing. So, sort of. Oh. Uh, you folded one up and put it in your back pocket. I've done that. I've done that this week, but okay. that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> you traced something in a comic. No. I did, I did, uh, post a cover recreation. Sure. So you're close. Okay. okay. Man, you're close. But no, this is different. Alright. No, I guess I go up. I read two comic books with chromium covers in a single day. <laughs> I've never done that before. So without getting into details, you came into my house today. <laughs> Saying that it's like 1994 all over. <laughs> and so now you tell me that you've read two chromium covered <laughs> comic books. Yeah. It really is 1994 it is. all over. It is. It's, it's all coming back, baby. <laughs> the best decade that ever was. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I've told you this or mentioned it on the show before, but uh, back when I used to make comics, uh, my, my friend and I had an idea for a story and we had decided that uh, you were going to be the main character in it. <laughs> I think you may have told me this. And uh, the title of the book was 1994. <laughs> <laughs> this is very flattering. <laughs> did did I epitomize the, that year to you? Sort of. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but it was a time travel story about people, uh, uh, you know, from the future, like traveling back in time. And uh, somebody goes back to 1994 and decide that they want to stay there. <laughs> and, uh, and then you get involved <laughs> as, uh, you know, the ultimate representative of 1994. Uh, still representing. <laughs> 24 years later and counting. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you. No problem. No problem. Mm. Uh, so, what two chromium-covered books <laughs> oh, did you read? Okay, well, as you know, I've been very recently like rereading all the Valiant comics from the '90s. Sure. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm simultaneously reading Shadow Man, Exo Man of War, and Harbinger right now. Okay. And I got to the point where. I was I was ready to read because the issue zeros kind of fell between certain issues like yeah. when they public they weren't like before right. the entire series because the nineties were fucking weird yeah <laughs> right yeah so I got to the point where I was at least at least it was never spawn weird where like issue twenty four came out before oh issue nineteen oh yeah <laughs> or like they have those issues that were set like twenty years into the future yeah. remember that oh man. <laughs> Was that was that what that was? Uh, Spawn didn't do that, but but a bunch uh, of them did though. They were some like, did. Yeah. Like, this will be the continuity. Right, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. 
But no, I read Shadow Man number zero and Exo number zero. Well, Exo for sure had a Chromium cover. Oh, yeah. Which I own that issue somewhere. Yeah. Autographed by Joe Quesada nice. and Jimmy Palmiotti. Nice. Yeah. Shadow Man zero does too. It has okay. a nice Chromium cover. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. See, when you said that, like, uh, my first thought was Exo Manowar. Okay. Uh, for some reason, that to me just. It's the one chromium cover that always sticks out in my mind as as when you say chromium cover, I, that's what flashes. I, I think of that one and Generation X number one, because that was a great cover. Yeah, it was a great cover. I think it's my favorite chromium cover, actually. But my second cover that I always think of, and the one that I assumed you were talking about because you also are reading The Valiant. Death Knight? Well, no, <laughs> Turok. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one's weird, though, because it's one-third chromium? <laughs> It's like a regular, it's like an embossed cover with with a chromium rectangle glued in the middle of it. Right. I feel like that was maybe the first attempt at chromium, and then yeah. they perfected it with Exo Manowar. Right. Yeah. yeah, that one looks a lot better. But yeah, so I read I read a half a dozen Valiant books yesterday. Um, man, those are so good. That's they, a lot. They hold up for a day. Yeah. And yeah, I worked and drew, did some drawings and went out to dinner. I did, I did all kinds of stuff yeah. yesterday. But... Um, yeah, I read some good books. I'm really enjoying the Shadow Man Chromium Zero, I think, was actually more enjoyable than the Exo Chromium Zero. Because looking back on it, um, I think Quesada's a pretty great artist, but I can't follow some of his, his storytelling. Like, there was a couple pages where I had to read like three or four times to even figure out what was happening. Um, it's like, it's just, it's just weird looking. Like, I think it looks good, but it, it didn't like flow very well. Um, but the Shadow Man number zero was very good. So, but, uh, then the other XO issues I read were very good too. And I don't even know, I can't even tell you who was drawing those issues. I think they had all kinds of people working, like Bear Windsor Smith and Ditko and all these people. Yep. But then they had a lot of, like, Spanish artists who I was not familiar with. But they're all very good. Very good artists. Solid yeah. storytellers. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what I read. Cool. Yeah. How about you? you read anything good? <laughs> Middle. No. Okay. Yeah, have have not read anything. I've been reading uh, some of the all time comics that Josh Bayer does um, from Fanagraphics. Okay. They're like, they're like, it's like a superhero team, and each each issue. Or, oh, okay. Or each pair yeah. has a different hero. Those those are better than I expected too. I mean, they're they're kind of just exaggerated, weird, over the top superhero stories. Sure. But they're done, they're done like to a higher quality than I expected. Like right. they're 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 fun. I read the Blind Justice ones this week because um, I didn't buy Blind Justice number one, but then I saw Blind Justice number two it was written by or drawn by No Van Skyver. Oh, okay. So I bought that. The good Van Skyver. The good Van Skyver. And uh and then so I went back and bought number one and read both of those. And that was it was very good. Enjoyed the heck out of it. Cool. Yeah. I think that's all I've read this week. Comics. Comics. Fucking A man. Yep. I, I yeah, I haven't read anything of uh Fallen behind on my my fourth world readings. Oh. Um, I mean, yeah, I read Pencilhead. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. yeah. 
haven't haven't really drawn much of anything. I did start on a comic that I've been working on. Sweet. I got I got two full panels done. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Running in. I I, I want to draw it digitally. Mm-hmm. And and I've been running in some issues with uh, both my tablet and and the program. Uh, where last Saturday for drawing night I was going to, you know, work on you know, the first page, and I couldn't get the program to work right and wound up having to upgrade and get a free trial of, of the current mm-hmm. version of it. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, for an art program, it's not that expensive. It's like $50 uh, Clip Studio Paint Okay, is, is what I'm using. And uh, I was like, well, they've got a 30-day trial. You know, I, I can afford $50, you know, later on, you know, then I'll just use the trial version. Uh, but then yesterday they announced that they were having a uh, sale and that you could get it for $25. Ooh. So I went for it. Nice. Yeah. And clip so, paint? Clip, clip studio paint. Clip studio paint. Uh, never it used to be it. called manga studio. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, an art program, you know, that, that is kind of specifically made for drawing comics. Hmm. Mostly manga. Uh, but, but. Lots we don't we don't read a lot of manga. Though. We do not. You know what's funny? Actually, and then I was I was doing the new previews order today at work, and I almost special ordered a, a manga, a volume one of a new manga, just to to pick an review for the show because it looked really interesting. But I didn't order it yet. But I'm still on the fence. I like circled right. it because I have until Thursday to fill up my order. But I mean, I guess we just kind of reviewed a manga like a month ago, but... Like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's been more than that. No. Because that was my last pick, and this uh-huh. was my pick. What? Oh, yeah. So it's got to be at least a month ago. Yeah, I guess so. But but it, but by the time it comes out, that'll be two months away. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll... Maybe, maybe. Uh, I just... I was hoping you were going to just tell me the name of the manga. Oh, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't tell you. All right. <laughs> like if, I, if I wanted to tell you, I couldn't. Well, then pre-veto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I think the word death was in the title like two or three times. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it looks interesting. Alrighty. But yeah, I can't remember. It was like super long title. There's some... Like, there's this one manga that we special order for one of our customers, and it's called Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? That's the name of the the manga. So there's some long titles out there. Sure. Some of them creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I would say that you buried the lead on uh, on that particular title. Well, that guy that special orders that also reads Xenoscope comics. Say no more. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. At least he doesn't read those Avatar comics that have like, like just Belladonna and the Lookers and like every every time I go through previews, I'm just like, like the the one today, the the one that is standing out in my mind. There's this comic called The Lookers, mm-hmm. and I've never read this book or even seen it, but I always why should you? I always see the ads. Well, how could you miss them? The cover on the one in the new previews was a woman tied down in some old man's like basement on a on like some sort of like table where he's got his his like train set and the train track is set up to like run right into her vagina and it's carrying like this giant missile on it and that's the and the cover is like 
from the train's POV. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, of course, it, it's just like, if it was supposed to be funny, it would be hilarious. <laughs> but since it's not, it's just kind of sad. Mm. Yeah. So what's super weird is that you special uh, read that book. Well, sure, of course. <laughs> Uh, but also, I, I did put an Avatar book in my file today oh, nice. when I stopped in. Which one? <laughs> Providence? Nope. Huh. Nope. Um, Cinema Purgatorio? Nope. Nope. Um, Although you're close with that one. Um, it was a trade huh. that was on this week's shelf. Uber? Nope. 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 I mean, I don't know. Red Rover Charlie. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Garth Ennis puppy dog thing, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, looks pretty good. And I think puppy dogs. I think Garth Ennis. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would read that. Yeah, sure. Possible future pick. Yay! Um, yeah, yeah. I also put in my file the uh, the new uh, issue of uh, Batman Metal that came out this week. Oh, nice. Uh, the Wild Hunt. Wild Hunt, because uh, Grant Morrison apparently co-wrote part of it. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, I like I like Grant Morrison. I like when Grant Morrison does a, a Batman thing. Yeah. So, why, why the hell not? Yeah. Uh, Plus, it's shiny. It's chromium. It, I'm attracted to shiny things. Yeah. I'm, you know, they've always said you're kind of like a magpie. Yeah. I was like, I know. <laughs> I do actually have a distinct memory in like 1991 or whatever, walking into Mavericks. Uh, and issue number one of Silver Sable. Oh, yeah. Was uh, like. Right up front when you walked into the comic section and, like, the light hitting it in such a way that it blinded <laughs> me when I walked in. <laughs> it's and, just what they wanted. And I bought it. Yeah. Because you're like, I see her shiny boobs and they're, like, coming off of the cover. You can touch them. You can feel these boobs. Yeah, and I was, what, 13 years old? Sure. Sure. Why not? Can you imagine, though, if, like... Like Wally Wood had done that cover or something. Oh, shit. Yeah, right? (laughs) Or like Frank Thorne. I mean, that would have been amazing. Get those guys a chromium cover. Right, right. Puffy. A puffy chromium cover. Uh, Yeah. It's got to be embossed. embossed, Yeah, definitely. Man, good stuff. Silver Sable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 90s gimmicks. Mm-hmm. For the best. Glad they're back. Oh my god! Today we were bagging up books, and uh, uh, I bagged up at least two books that were polybagged, two different books. I'm just like, is it's all coming back, man? Yeah, it's all coming back. Like like recent books. Oh well, one of them I think one of them was a variant, uh, like a a variant cover, uh, like a fried pie variant, second and Charles. Okay. So it was bagged for some reason, but. Uh, but it is a new one. Yeah. Uh, was it? Was it sex criminals? Because some of they, those yeah, are they still they still bag them. Yeah. No, it was uh, old man Logan. Okay. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. yeah. But it was like, man, it's it's all creeping back in. There's there's some shiny. There's like, 
every week there's a new first appearance that's going for ten dollars on eBay the day it comes out. About that, like yeah, like seriously, in the last month I think there's been four different Marvel books that have a first appearance that are selling for four to five times cover price the day it comes out on eBay. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And, and like from what you described, it's all just like mashups of yeah. like other characters. They're not even real. It was like Norman Osborn as Carnage or like Frank Castle as the Ghost Rider. Right. Like, I forget. Um, yeah. Like, Billy Lumpkin as <laughs> the man thing. I don't know. <laughs> Just weird stuff. But, eh. I'm excited to see comics selling, so hey, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking A, man. Yeah. So, so, uh, let's see. So, as we record, uh, tonight is uh opening night of black panther oh yeah that's right the, the movie about the superhero not the political movement, movement. Right. yeah uh which which oh yeah he's a he's not a political movement this guy is a corporate shill because last night i watched tv and i saw some sort of car commercial that was like featuring black panther yeah and, like i was just like it it honestly like kind of left a bad taste in my mouth i mean i'll still see the movie because it looks fun and cool but i was like ugh, that's 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 just kind of ugh. that's all superhero movies. i know i know <laughs> it's true i mean i don't like it when i see any of that though like Bat- uh, batman I, I, I on get a... it, but you know i mean you know i remember Third... 1989 there was a uh, you know <laughs> plenty of diet coke commercials featuring batman but when i was a kid that was awesome <laughs> i was like that's so cool <laughs> And now I'm just like, uh, corporate shells. <clears throat> I saw when The Dark Knight came out, you know, the big, serious, realistic, you know, crime drama slash superhero movie, you know, came out. I still remember seeing commercials featuring The Dark Knight uh, selling Domino's. Domino's Pizza? Yes. Yeah. So, you know. Right. None of it's safe. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, everything's a fucking product. Yeah, know? yeah. Uh, but, but I have to say, I am probably way more excited about Black Panther than I have been for almost any other superhero movie in the last 10, 15 years. I don't know why. It looks, it looks good. I, I really want to see it. Yeah. Not enough to go, like, opening weekend. Oh, sure. Because no. I'm not stupid. Yeah, we, I think we're going to wait a week and then take the kids next weekend, there. next Sunday or something. You think it's appropriate for kids? Sure, who knows? I mean, they're white. They're white. They're white kids. Yeah, yeah. I think okay, that's a good right. thing. Yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> I don't know that they're white. I've never. Uh, I guess they are like one eighth Korean. Yeah, or yeah. Like that. Like so, yeah. Partial, partial. It's all. <laughs> yeah, like Donald Trump always says, you know, America's a melting pot. It's all about creativity and diversity. Yep, yep. That is. It's exactly what our what our glorious says. leader. All hail Trump. Yeah, he's he's amazing. <laughs> no, yeah, just uh, you know, no matter the Marvel movie, I try not to go on an opening. Weekend. Right. Just, oh, yeah. I can't handle that many people. And, and I know that it'll still be super fucking busy next week, but, you know, like, like hopefully... Less so. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, you don't live on the internet, so you don't have the fear of getting spoiled. 
I mean, I guess you do because you work at the comic store. Yeah, it almost happened today. There's a guy that loves to spoil movies that was in today. Yeah. And I I was just like kind of avoiding him because I figured he went and saw Black Panther this morning. Right. But he, he, I forget what it was. There's something I was. Why don't you just say, Jeremy, stop it? (laughs) It wasn't Jeremy. It was the same guy, though. He was in, like, right before I went to see Last Jedi, it was like the day I was going to go see it. He was, he was in, or it was like the day before I was going to go see it. He was in and, and, uh, he was like, oh man, yeah, it was really good. And I was like, well, don't tell me anything because I'm going to go see it tomorrow. And he goes, he's like, oh no, I won't. Just let me tell you this one thing. And then he just went on to tell me like something that he thought was pretty innocuous. And it, it was, it wasn't part of the like major storyline. Right. But I was just like, I don't want to know, man. Right. I just told you, don't tell me anything. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, let me just tell you this one thing. Like, Remember, like, that time three seconds ago when it's like, I don't want to know anything? Right, right. Yeah, like, like... Uh, they just love to talk about it. They do. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, nerds are socially awkward, and they don't have a lot of people to physically talk with in person, so... When, yeah, when I, mean, they, I get it. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they're excited. Yeah. I, I respect that, but it just, it's, yeah, it makes it hard, because for me, like you, I don't like to go opening weekend so it's like this balancing act of of you know spoilerism and right. social awkwardness and, and even like okay so you know the last time we recorded was was uh, super bowl sunday yeah and uh chiefs and, sure <laughs> i don't even know I, I can't remember who was in it i don't know uh but but uh so that day like netflix advertised and released like that day like hey new cloverfield movie after the super bowl right and literally like an hour like after the super bowl ended people were like posting spoilery shit on the internet about (laughs) the new cloverfield movie right and i mean it's just like fucking keep it in your goddamn pants yeah you can't even wait 24 hours right and I mean, hmm. and like, like, there's uh, another new Netflix movie that came out that, like, you know, I mean, you turn on Netflix and like trailers start and like you have no way of like turning them off. But for sure, like a new movie like that they released called The Ritual, <clears throat> uh, and like you know, I watched part of the trailer and you know read the description and I was like, eh, I might want to watch that. And then literally, like, I log on to Facebook, and there's just, like, people just, like, talking about the fucking ritual. Right, yeah. <laughs> you can't get away online. Yeah. See, that's why people turn to us, Eric, because <laughs> even as reviewers of things, half the time, we don't even tell you what it's about. Sure. We don't even get to that. We're, no. tell- we're telling stories about farts and, like, <laughs> whatever. We, right. you know, there's no spoilers here. <laughs> I think we did sort of talk about the book today so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm proud yeah. of us yeah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so uh i guess i should pick a comic huh sure all right yeah. all right <clears throat> as long as it has a chromium cover it doesn't oh veto yeah sorry <laughs> no i'll save my veto okay yeah, i mean Maybe. I think it has Albert Einstein on the cover. Really? Yeah. <laughs> trying to think of what comics have... <laughs> huh. Is it by Rick Veitch? Yeah. No. No, <laughs> it's not. Huh. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, 
I've never read this book. I don't know what it's about. Um, I, I don't even have a description of it. Hmm. Uh, you don't even know the name? or I know the name. Okay. Well, that's something. I, I know the creators. Uh, hey, that's something. Uh, <clears throat> basically, like, I found out that this book existed, and I was like, I'd never heard of this. And uh, it was five cents on Amazon. Five cents? Yep. Plus shipping. Four dollars shipping. Wow. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> That's crazy. From, from England. Wow. How's that even possible? I do not know. Yeah. Not a fucking clue. Uh, but it is called Genius by Stephen T. Siegel and Teddy Christensen. Okay. The creative team behind the very depressing and very good uh, Superman It's a Bird comic yeah. from Vertigo. Yeah. Uh, I... You know, really liked that that uh, book and thought, hey, I will read another book by those same huh. people. So maybe it's about Albert Einstein. It, I, I believe he is on the cover. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Genius is the name of it. Okay. Yeah. Is, do you remember who publishes it? I want to say first, second. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I like them. Yeah. They do good work. They do. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. As am I. Five cents. <laughs> Fuck Amazon, man. <laughs> I hate Amazon. <laughs> They're ruining the world. Uh, yeah, but they are filling my home with useless shit. That's well, hey, at least there's that. <laughs> <laughs> and someday when I get uh, an Alexa, like they can also spy on me. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that what they're doing? I, yeah, pretty okay. much. Yeah, huh. yeah. Nice. Yeah, my uh, my ex girlfriend had had one of those uh, one of those things where you just talk to it and it does stuff. Right. And like she had it like so it controlled like her entire apartments. Oh, and, uh, it, yeah, kind of was. Yeah, yeah. But also like you know it was one of those things where she and I were talking and like you know like it would just pick up certain words that we were saying and just like suddenly do a thing because we said a word. Oh wow. <sighs> like. Like advertise something or like no, actually, an but like like you know like we if like say hey uh, you know like I watched this show on TV the other day like it would turn on the TV. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> like no Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. But then like you know because like I had never been around one of those things before she was like oh you should like try to get it to like play a song or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I was like, hey, Alexa, play this. And it was like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> Why don't you watch some more TV, though? <laughs> They're just trying to dumb us down, man. It's the yeah. system. Yeah. Uh, yet another way that my ex-girlfriend ruined my life. <laughs> well, at least we don't have an Alexa. That's know. true. And I, I hope we it's never will. Yeah, I will put my foot down on that one. All right. Um, Until your wife says, "Well, my uh, my wife wants another dog." Okay, and I've and I'm like, I'm like faltering on that one. I said, I don't think that's a good idea, but it, I haven't like, like it's not like it's my decision; it's our decision. But we have to both right. agree on it. Yeah, and I haven't made my final decision yet. Yeah, C- so. can I weigh in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can tell me what you think, but. It's, yeah. it's not a three-way decision. Sure. I mean, that's upsetting, but... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm guessing you don't want me to have another dog? Yeah, probably not for the best. <laughs> well, see, her thinking is that the other dog would entertain uh, our the current dog. First dog. So they would stay, like she wouldn't be as bored and like needy. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, when other dogs come over, she does like pretty much play with that dog and that's it. Right. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be spring soon. You can take her to the dog park again. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That always works out well. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a couple of scary times. There. Sure, sure. Yeah. People bring their ferocious dogs to the dog park. I do not get it. Yeah, well, people are assholes. People are dumb. Yeah. Hmm. All right, genius. Next week. Next Gutter week. trash. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.